Support for WRFA is brought to you in part by listeners like you, who believe in the vital public service WRFA provides through its arts and education programming, as well as through our coverage of local news and public affairs. Plus, your generous support lets us provide a number of volunteer-based programs to be shared on our airwaves. Help keep community radio in Jamestown and Chautauqua County alive by making a contribution today. To make a tax-deductible donation or learn more about becoming a station underwriter, use the donate page on our website, wrfalp.com, or send a check to WRFA Radio, 116 East 3rd Street, Jamestown, New York. Or you can call 716-664-2465. I want to talk first about the history and process. We started this uh, group as uh, a result of some concerns around safety and security in our schools. And uh, a request went out, about 50 people responded, and they were from all walks of our community, from parents and students and teachers to administrators, other staff, and even to board members and uh, public and community members as well. So we talked about, at the beginning of this process, what the committee's role was. And it was these things. It was a recommended committee, so we knew as a committee we were not making the decision. We were recommending some uh, some happenings that could occur with safety and security. That I would help, but here I am helping the presentation. I'll kick it off and get it started and kind of close it out. But we'll have our folks being uh, members of the committee to present. That it's a board decision, and we are a recommending committee about safety and security, not a code of conduct committee or a dress code committee. So we were going to have subgroups. We were going to focus on things that had to do with safety and security, um, and that there was an expectation for participation and some work. So these were our missions, mission and tasks. Given the state of our world today, enable the safest educational experience possible for students, given federal and state laws, fiscal limitations, and logistical challenges. And we were to address safety and security of our buildings to the greatest extent possible while balancing educational needs, funding sources, and climate. That's what we were tasked with. So the roadmap looked like this, an introduction, kind of like what I just did. Exploring our community, and by community I mean, I mean we looked at crime rates and statistics in the U.S., crime rates and statistics in New York, crime rates and statistics in Jamestown, and then um, disciplinary infractions within the school. We looked outside and we looked inside. We focused, this is initially, we had these five or six committees. They morphed a little bit and changed a little bit, so we'll get to that in a second. We're gonna break out into subcommittees. We're gonna look to see if there would be uh, demos that would be possible from experts who could provide us some support. We'd be brainstorming solutions, um, and then determine costs and the impact and then making that recommendation. So we had mentioned earlier when we started this committee that there were things that were already in place, like these things. Our doors are locked, we restrict visitors, we have the see something, say something violence prevention um, and um, threat prevention model. It's a way to anonymously report if there is any concern about anything from mental health to um, bullying to infractions to safety issues to stories that you've been hearing and it is reacted to almost immediately, within a minute or two. <clears throat> we have paper and QR code anonymous reporting, especially at the high school. We have a Raptor visitor system, which requires a driver's license to be submitted. It's scanned through a variety of criminal databases uh, to determine if that person is on any lists and shouldn't be allowed in schools. 
We've had CSTAG training, which stands for Comprehensive School Threat Assessment Guidelines. Now, those trainings and the implementation of the committees has taken place over the course of the past year or so. Uh, we have partnerships with Sheriff Patron, the STAR team, which has a different name now that I can't remember. Uh, we work with our SROs, we have two of them now. Our radio and communication project for MCOM, which is shorthand for emergency communications, so upgrading radios and our base radios and our antennas and uh, where those things reach. Hiring of a safety and security director, that's Brad. Increased number of red shirts, which we struggle to keep because you know, our employment uh, in this state is very challenging right now but the ones we have are fantastic. Building and district safety plans, and we've installed fencing behind the high school to keep folks out, and that has been working pretty well. Soon to be implemented, upgraded uh, camera surveillance system that's part of the project, improved door alarm systems and door access control systems that's in process right now. Granular control means uh, rather than yes or no, you have access or you don't, it means you can be assigned to certain groups and those groups may have access, or you individually may not have access. That's right. Improvements to network and cabling system to support the upgrades also happening now. Anyone who's worked in a building that has been lacking a ceiling for a while, that's what that is all about. We mentioned the emergency communications training and the tabletop exercises for administrator skills with <coughs> ICS or NIMS, that stands for Incident Command System, or National Incident Management System, and that happened this summer. Uh, in partnership with the Office of Emergency Services for the county. And soon to be approved, whatever recommendations are approved by the board from the committee. So we met every two weeks between March and September. So we put in a good six months worth of work. In between those meetings, the committees did offline work. They met with people, they did research, they made phone calls, they did visitations. It was a collaborative process intended to be transparent and people had the freedom to explore. There were no limits on our subcommittees. They went and explored and did whatever they needed to do, came back and reported to the group. Here's our recommendation. So they engaged vendors, they made a comparison, they, they created minimum requirements for what they needed to, these vendors or solutions needed to do or be in order to be recommended. And then they made a judgment based on uh, the research and the best impact for the dollar spent given the best security. So last night we came to consensus on um, of these recommendations moving forward. Each of those subcommittees were these. So the, here are the final seven that we came up with. A weapons detection system subcommittee, blue light systems, and I'll clarify that because the blue light systems that anybody over 30 remembers <laughs> are the ones in the parking lot, right? Like you pick up the phone and campus security, it's not those. The blue light system that we're talking about is a new um, way of looking at, say, fire alarms. So a fire alarm, everyone's familiar with that. You pull the thing and the sound goes off and you exit the building. Blue light system is a lockdown alarm. It says the building's locked down. There is an alarm, but if you hear anything else, don't leave. Stay in your classroom, stay locked down. So that's what a blue light system. The lights that flash are blue. That's why it's called a blue light system. Partnerships with law enforcement, safety analysis via consultants in the New York State Police, camera and detection systems, professional development and preparation, and ballistic window film. Those were the subcommittees. So they <coughs> last night presented their process, research, discoveries, ratings, determinations, recommendations. The overall committee came to consensus on each of those recommendations. 
and they, in many cases, came to a high cost, medium cost, low cost recommendation. So those things will be indicated in the following slides. So the next seven slides are indicative of each of the seven subcommittees. And I have somebody from each of those subcommittees. I'm not sure, is it Steve, are you going to do the weapons detection one? Are you yes. Ready? OK. We all have our fingers crossed when we're rooting for you. <laughs> I know most of you in the room. You know I can't do it in a minute. Even last night I couldn't do it in a minute. All right. Uh, my fellow partner here, Kristen Mill, uh, we started with four uh, members. Uh, we whittled it down to two, not on purpose, it just happened. Anyhow, um, we looked at uh, two different systems. There's basically, basically the Evolve and the Open Gate. We decided that the Evolve was way beyond what we needed and not as universally adaptable as the Open Gate because the open gate does not have to be permanently installed. It can be taken to other locations and set up for use. There's a big difference in cost. The Evolve is $120,000. The open gate is $20,000, uh, saving $100,000 per unit. Uh, on those. So we don't really have three tiers of recommendation, we just have one. When we went to one of our uh, researchers' um, institution, Chautauqua, we not only saw the demonstration of it, but it met what it was advertised to be. Um, it is the same system they used on graduation night. Every one of us that was there went through that system. Um, and um, there were not any complaints registered with Chautauqua. It was fast to get in. It was fast to get out. Um, Chautauqua offered us a very uh, lucrative concept. You know the Chautauqua season is when our school system is not in session. They offered to rent them to us. Uh, they have up to five units that we could rent. And so our recommendation is that you explore the utilization of the open gate system and hold talks with Chautauqua regarding the renting of these units so that you can have an experience without a large cost initially. What you do with them will be what you develop as a policy. And the outcome, as we believe it, okay, 
would be increased security and a feeling of safety for those people that are present, whether it be students, family, teachers, and other staff that is working within the Jamestown Public Schools. Is now the time for questions? Not yet, at the end. <laughs> I was on a roll. They were on a roll. Watch out, it gets going and he's going downhill at that point. Okay. Blue light system. Alexis. I'm Alexis. I'm here as a middle and elementary SRO. Uh, so we had a few different uh, websites to look at for products of blue light. And ultimately, we settled on Great Lakes building systems because Dunkirk High School has installed uh, through this company their blue light system. We were able to go to Dunkirk at the end of last year. They demoed the alarm for us. Like Dr. Whitaker mentioned earlier, it's not the blue tower that's in between buildings. It's literally an extension to your fire alarms. Uh, these panels are blue, right next to your red fire alarm. And essentially, you can customize this however the school wants. It can play on the PA system, whatever you want it to say, lockdown, 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 this is not a drill, return, ultimately whatever you want to say. Additionally, Dunkirk has theirs, uh, since they have such a large Spanish-speaking community, they have it in Spanish and in English. So those might be some good options for our uh, district as well. You can choose whichever color lights you want flashing, where you want them flashing. You can also customize what information you want sent to dispatch. Uh, I've been a police officer for almost 10 years now and I can tell you that communication even with your police department can be difficult sometimes, radio to radio. This cuts down notifying dispatch down to seconds, whereas if any one of us were to call the non-emergency or 911 right now, that could be minutes. Uh, this also ensures that any school that doesn't currently have a red shirt or an SRO who has quick communication to law enforcement, that any and everyone could press this button in the event of uh, a serious situation within a school. So uh, the blue light system with Great Lakes, they are government and New York State contract pricing. It would be a higher upfront cost. We don't have a number at this point quite yet. Uh, it's believed though that after it's installed since it would be attached to our access control system and our fire alarm system that any cost down the road would be fairly minimal, uh, just like any of our other fire alarm costs. And that's what I have. All right, thanks Thank so you. Appreciate it. And this is also something um, that we can build into future capital projects as well. So that we'll be able to. All right, next up we have partnership with law enforcement. Chris. Now, I know many of you in this room 
And you all know that I can't do this in a... Oh, wait. We were the partnership with law enforcement. Um, our group met, tried to come up with ideas um, to help strengthen the relationship with them. Um, but we really started to dig into it when we got the recommendations from the Armored One and the New York State Troopers. Um, so we did all of our research through, uh, most of our research through those to find similarities in what we were looking at originally. Um, there aren't a whole lot of demos that went with this. We didn't rate a whole lot. We just came up with some recommendations. Um, some very low cost to no cost recommendations um, are to provide uh, local law enforcement with 24-7 access to all schools, allow local law enforcement to use schools for their drills, allow local law enforcement access to the school cameras remotely, trainings by local law enforcement, um, work with the local law enforcement with our emergency drills within our schools, um, have them work on those with us, and then debrief with us, us being the faculty, um, after so they can give us tips and what we did wrong, what we did well, so that we can improve on those, on those drills. Um, update school floor plans available to local law enforcement. Uh, our low cost recommendations are better signage in the buildings um, so that local law enforcement and other um, entities that come into the school can navigate through the school buildings easier um, and have local law enforcement available during um, open houses and other evening events um, for questions and, and other um, types of those. The big substantial cost, one of the big recommendations um, is to have an SRO or a red shirt in every um, building within our district. Um, that would be the biggest cost that came from that, but that's what we came up with. Thank you, sir. <coughs> what I was just handing out to the board members was a summary of these slides. Next up, we have our safety analysis, which I think it was Tom, you were going to say something about this. Sure. Uh, on our committee, I have myself, Jeremy Maggio, Kim Henshaw, and Carla Gonzalez. We collaborated with two different uh, groups to take a look at what we have going in our schools, what's going well, and some gaps and some recommendations. We uh, were able to learn about a group called Armored One that came in and did a professional detailed analysis of all of our schools. They came up with a very detailed printed report that had everything from drone footage uh, to the exterior, the interior of the school. I thought it was, uh, it was very professionally uh, well done. And Tom, just one second. <coughs> Remember, you have in that red packet an example of one of the reports that Armored <coughs> provided to us. In addition to that, uh, we did learn that the New York State Police offers a trooper to come into schools and during the spring and in July visit all of the JPS schools, including the Innovation Center and Tech Academy, and made recommendations, did walkthroughs with uh, each principal or an administrative contact, and went through and did everything from making sure doors were locked, making sure doors were shut, checking windows, and just looking at the overall layout of the building. Armored One presented the written report. The state police gave only an oral report. Uh, they aren't in, involved in the, the written part of it, but both were very practical, and both of them mirrored each other, and so we were able to really get a lot of uh, feedback from both parties. Um, the demos were the walkthroughs itself. Um, the ratings uh, were high for each group. 
uh, Armored One, their level of detail was very, very impressive, and I think everybody was happy with the written report. Um, Officer Beback of the State Police gave some very practical recommendations, and also um, there was a little bit of a difference where Armored One came in and didn't ask anyone to walk with them. They watched how everything worked um, in without having someone give them a tour. So that was interesting. Trooper Beback walked through um, exterior, interior of the high school, took a look at the gyms, took a look at um, you know the neighborhood and some of the geographic uh, elements that play into our schools in the city, and um, he gave some recommendations on the spot to uh, the building leader at that at that point. So uh, as far as the selection, uh, the low cost impact was uh, the New York State visit uh, from Trooper Beback was free. Uh, it was nineteen thousand dollars for the entire district review from Armored One, and any uh, the high cost would be any additional trainings, uh, which both parties were open to uh, continuing with professional development for our staff and training for students in the building. Um, it really, the training is, is whatever we want it to be, but both parties would include additional training um, with state police that would be free, with Armored One that would be an additional cost. Thank you. Next up. Cameras. Yeah, I don't have anybody else to pass it along to, so I guess <laughs> it's me. Um, so my group, we um, researched uh, camera systems and software that works within your camera system. And basically what it does is it's a software package that works with your camera system and it can detect weapons, anything from an unholstered pistol up into a larger weapon. So once the camera detects some sort of a weapon, um, it uses AI to do that. It kicks it over to a live individual who would review that to make sure it wasn't like a broom or like a shovel and it was an actual threat. And if it is deemed to be a threat, they um, push the button, they send notifications to your district administrative <coughs> team, to local law enforcement. Um, both companies that we met with said that process typically takes between five to 10 seconds once they realize there's an actual threat detected and it, it begins that notification process. So our group started by researching different um, software nationwide and we began to narrow it down to um, companies that are work, working with school districts and companies that are working with school districts in New York State. So we met with Zero Eyes and Actuate. Um, one of the most meaningful things that I got through our presentation was um, Zero Eyes had shared with us in almost all school, school shootings, um, the shooter has been seen on a camera in the district anywhere from three to 20 minutes before they actually began um, the shooting within the school district. So having that type of a system can buy you time to get into a lockdown. So um, through the two companies, they were pretty similar. They used AI, kicked it over to a live person. There was some differences within their apps, but um, the app that they use to push out the notifications. But Zero Eyes is working with school districts in New York. They're working with Grand Island and Salamanca. Um, they're also working with BOCES to become a coserable service. So if they were to work with BOCES we, and we um, purchased this, we would receive 90% aid on that, that software package in the following year. So um, as we talked through it, we, we um, you know, went through low, medium, and high cost. Our low cost impact would be just to fit our exterior cameras. Um, on the outside of the building, so anybody entering the building that would have a weapon drawn, we would be able to see that. 
The medium cost would be exterior cameras and cameras that are facing entrances or in high passing areas. And with the high cost being all district cameras district wide, we have about a thousand cameras district wide. Um, and we broke it down to about 250 exterior, the medium cost being about 500 and then the high cost up there. So, um, you know, depending on what that looked like, there would be an opportunity to partner with BOCES on that in the future, should that be something we would want to do. Professional development, is this one Tina? So I worked with our group on professional development and we researched a few different groups to see um, where we could find some professional development topics that would be relevant and would be the most meaningful. We looked at um, the iloveyouguys.com um, which has tons of resources um, for school safety, Armored One and Navigate 360. We actually um, looked at all of the Armored One reports and after looking at all of those, we took a common recommendation um, throughout all of the Armored One reports, which really um, spoke to the need for um, training for all of our staff um, in active shooter training. And so we really took that direction and looked for the, the types of professional development that would fit um, training for our staff. And so when we looked at I Love You Guys, Armored One, and Navigate 360, they do offer active shooter training. Um, we reviewed the training demos and the modules that were provided by those three groups. And we actually looked at um, a rating. We used a rubric for professional development that included um, which, uh, which uh, active learning and, and the extent to which the training provided active learning, collaboration across all of our staff. That would also include um, different um, staff members, like training for bus drivers, training um, for um, teachers, training for uh, support staff, administrators, um, effective practice, coaching and support that would be ongoing. Sometimes when we look at professional development, we find that you go to one training and it's done, and we wouldn't want to look at a one and done training um, for this when it has to do with safety. We'd want to have ongoing coaching and support opportunities. Um, sustainability and sustained over time, that's also another really key component when we're looking for quality professional development in an area is that um, we can sustain it over time um, and also build some capacity. Um, cost effectiveness, um, when we were talking about this, we were talking about all of our staff being trained. Um, and in time, this also could um, move towards student training and also some training for the community members. Um, but we started first with the recommendation of Armored One, which was all staff. So that's about 800 to 1,000 staff members when you take all of our employees. So um, we, took, we took Armored One and Navigate 360, a real deep dive into those, and we're recommending Navigate uh, 360 um, ALICE <coughs> training. And that is just an acronym, ALICE, which is um, in the event of an active shooter, there's um, the first few minutes are critical waiting for the police to arrive. and so. Um, that acronym stands for alert, <coughs> lockdown, inform, counter, and evacuate. So we would, throughout the district, train, um, have training in ALICE. And so we recommended Navigate 360 um, due to the fact that they provided a blended learning approach, which would be some online learning, but also a pretty substantial in-person opportunity for um, uh, active learning um, scenarios, demonstrations, um, and we would be able to work, they would be able to come in and work with our staff on some actual scenarios, um, but also have the virtual training necessary. 
And then we also took a look at Navigate 362 with a strength because we already use Navigate 360 um, as the platform for our um, comprehensive school threat assessment. So it, it, it has some similarities and it ties together well with that. And so, um, so that would be our recommendation. It also, we also have the opportunity to build some capacity by providing um, train the trainer model, which um, Brad, the red shirts, our SROs could become trainers, which would sustain us over time. So we wouldn't necessarily need them to be in training, but that <coughs> initial training would be necessary to get this training to all of our staff. So we'd want them to come in and do the training first, and then we could move to a train the trainer model as we, um, as we get new employees in. Um, so our low cost um, impact is once the training happens, our train the trainers will actually take over that in time. And, it will just, and, and we also have um, opportunities to um, um, have access to lots and lots of training modules over like a three year period so we can continue to um, move, um, move forward with lots of options in training. They just offer lots and lots of, of opportunities um, on, their, um, on their site that we would have access to through Navigate 360. Um, and really, we didn't have a medium cost impact. The high cost impact um, initially was approximately $85,000, but that's pretty much over a three-year period of time. And that would include training for all staff in our district, including the train the trainer um, cost. And we would be looking at a possible BOCES COSER for the professional development cost for that too. So that's where we landed. Right, thank you, Tina. Our next group is the famous ballistic window film. <laughs> Jesse, you are apparently the elected speaker. I am the lucky customer tonight. Um, so like most of the committees, uh, the, the group that I worked with, including staff members and parents and community members, um, we had, um, unfortunately, we had to think about the potential for something to happen that none of us ever wants to consider happening. Um, and that would be the potential for an active shooter to try to gain entry into one of our school buildings by shooting out a window. Um, so hence the possible solution to that would be ballistic window film. Um, first, none of us has a background in windows or ballistic window film, so we had to educate ourselves on what it is, what it does, and what it does not do. Uh, ballistic window film, or uh, also called security window film, is not bullet resistant, it is not bulletproof. Um, it is simply designed to buy time um, for in the event of an active shooter trying to gain entry um, by shooting out a window. Um, it allows the occupants to um, get to safety and first call for a lockdown <coughs> and use some of the other systems that uh, we've discussed um, and to allow first responders time to uh, arrive on the scene, ideally keeping the intruder out for as long as possible. Um, the bullets would penetrate uh, the window film, but the, the window itself would remain intact um, for as long as it, it can. So um, we focused on two main vendors that market themselves as having window security film, 3M, and Armored One are the two leaders in the market that um, purport to have a security window film. Um, we also, in addition to speaking with representatives from both vendors, we also spoke to two New York State school districts um, that we learned were had selected the Armored One product, which is substantially more expensive than the 3M product. We were mostly interested in knowing why did they choose the, the product that was far more expensive than the other. 
Um, we have not had the opportunity for a live demo, and I guess that's a good thing, because it would be a little scary. Um, but there are videos that have been made available to us that are available online um, that gave us the sense as to what 3M does and doesn't do and how Armored One compares uh, relative to that. However, we do have the invitation to attend a live demo in the Armored One headquarters in Syracuse. Um, and I asked the question, would we have the opportunity to participate in the demo? And the answer to that is yes. Um, uh, in considering the 3M versus Armored One, we looked at three main characteristics or criteria. Uh, the first is thickness, just to kind of give you a sense as to the difference of the two. Um, and think about trash bags, right? The, the ones that break and the ones that don't. Um, so the 3M window film is a thickness of 8 mil. The Armored One window film is a thickness of 24 mil or 24 thousandths of an inch. Um, and that is comparable to a credit card which has a thickness of 30 mil. So one is three times thicker than the other and the thicker one is almost as thick as a credit card. And it's a, it's a film that would be affixed to existing windows um, with a special adhesive. Um, we also considered performance testing. So 3M markets themselves as having a um, uh, ballistic window film or a security film, but the uh, representative acknowledged they really test for um, blast resistance and shatter resistance with physical force. Uh, Armored One is certified as testing for active shooters. Um, and as we've seen in the demonstrations, that would include um, numerous rounds with an AR-15, um, followed by um, multiple attempts with a sledgehammer to break through the window. So their, their performance testing is very impressive. Uh, last, and absolutely not least, affordability. Um, this is absolutely a situation where Armored One is far more costly than the 3M alternative. Um, at the end of the day, we uh, determined that 3M really is not a solution to an active shooter uh, situation. So we would be irresponsible to recommend as a committee 3M as a possible solution for that type of scenario. It would provide some time, some resistance, but we did not feel that it would be a good recommendation to make for that purpose. Um, so we considered how could we introduce Armored One into our district with a low, medium, and high cost uh, impact. Uh, so the initial recommendation would be to install Armored One film on all existing main entrance doors and vestibules, assuming that is the um, point of entry that um, an active shooter may seek to um, uh, enter through. <laughs> um, if uh, we were able to achieve that, then the next phase or the next um, additional cost would be to also consider adding Armored One to all exterior, all other exterior doors in addition to the main entrances and vestibules, all other exterior doors um, with windows in the district. Uh, and last and um, the highest cost would be that we would additionally recommend adding 3M to the windows, and uh, the question might be asked, why 3M and not Armored One? Um, because the cost of the Armored One um, window film is so substantial, and because there are so many windows, 
um, we're erring on the side of the likelihood that an active shooter would try to gain entry through a window is far less than um, the even remote slim likelihood that an active shooter would try to gain entry through a door. Um, so it would give us some protection on our windows, uh, but it uh, would enable us to um, do that with a more affordable solution. Um, last, uh, we don't have a, a solid cost estimate for you uh, at this time. Um, we, we know relatively the, uh, my, my soft estimate would be it would cost around two to $3,000 per door installed. Um, but rather than us spending the time trying to come up with those numbers, we have a representative from Armored One arriving in the district tomorrow. Uh, Brad and I will be uh, meeting with them and they will be providing us a, a cost estimate for installation um, in our district schools. Thanks, Jessica. All right, so in summary, the subgroups have the following understandings. We know that some of these recommendations can be implemented quickly. We know that some of them can take some time to implement, and we know that some of them involve long-term planning, capital projects, capital expenditures, and uh, future planning and expense. So the understanding is not that all recommendations should be implemented immediately, but that all recommendations should be considered and put into a plan. And then the board, I just wanted to make note, it has a summary handout of all of the low, medium, and high cost options.